director for Candle Wishes in Phoenix, Arizona. My name is Jenny Williams. I'm the founder and executive director of the Candle Wishes Foundation. I just really felt this burden come over me for these kids. Children mean a lot. Um, you never want a child to grow up feeling like they're not loved. God put this on my heart to want to give these children Happy birthdays! This foundation just touched my heart, so I knew that this was something that I needed to do. Okay, y'all, I'm not gonna ugly cry. This is terrible. There was a time in our life where we struggled. Um, there was a time in our life where we lived paycheck to paycheck. One time when we first moved down to Phoenix, a friend of ours, even at Christmas time, paid for my son to have a picture. <laughs> paid to have a picture of our son sitting on Santa's lap and I couldn't afford it because we had just moved across the country. And so, <clears throat> that's always stuck with me. If you would love to sponsor a child, if you would like to throw a birthday party, if you would like to just volunteer, we need your help. Reach out to us so that we can connect and, um, and make our community a better place. And hey, good morning. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls. I'm your host. And, and listen, first off, let me say this about the Candle Wishes organization. I'm, I'm trying to help out Dr. Christy Morgan and the entire organization by showing that little video clip. So thank you guys for watching it. Look them up on Facebook and go support them. It's a great cause. I am really, really, really fired up about who I have on today. This this woman's amazing. So um, I'm not even gonna. You'll just see here. I'm gonna let me welcome Kendrick Shope to the show. Kendrick, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. And God, what a video! I mean, I'm, like I'm gonna go as soon as this is over and check them out. It's unreal. I mean, it's just amazing. And they just go uh, out and they put on these amazing birthday parties for these kids that that wouldn't have them otherwise i i mean i don't even have the words for how many chills that gives me it is such a beautiful thing i, I, I you I sold know. me you sold me i'm going to check it out mission accomplished All i right. love it checks in the mail so so listen i um i i you know i started this show to um give back. I've been blessed in, in my life and, and I'm very grateful and, and I know you have as well. And, and, you know, this is really about, you know, helping people get unstuck because I, I truly feel like, um, you know, people hit those, those barriers in life, those walls, and, and they don't know how to get through them. They, they stay stuck up here or whatever. And so I think by hearing other people's stories, that helps us get unstuck. 
So that's what this is about. So let's let's start with for those those people watching right now who don't know who you are. Um, they, they like I, I anyway. Tell them who you are. Where where you were born and raised. Let's start there. Yeah. So I am Kendrick Shope. And I was born and raised in Sweetwater, Tennessee, which is a little bitty town between Knoxville and Chattanooga, hence the accent. Uh, I call it God's country. So for anybody who lives anywhere else, God's country is Sweetwater, Tennessee, and now you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I created a little a process called Authentic Selling that helps people sell more of their products and services. But really, it's 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 about more than that. It's about exactly what you said. It's about you know having the tools to create this life that you love. That is beyond your wildest dreams to break through the walls that 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 we all build up around ourselves. So that's what I do. So you you grew up in Sweetwater, Tennessee, and Tennessee is one of my favorite states, if not my favorite. I, I I'm a huge Nashville fan. I love Nashville. Oh yeah, Nashville's <clears throat> but, great. And it's changed changing so much. Like. You know, Nashville 20 years ago, and like just the evolution, it's such a, I mean, it's always been a cool place, but it just gets better and better. Like, I, one of my favorite places to go for anybody who's never been there is, is the, um, the Opryland Hotel. Yeah. OMG. Like, yeah. seriously, if you've never been to the Opryland Hotel or you've never heard of it, Get on Google and look, get on YouTube and look it up because you won't, there's literally rivers running through this hotel and you can take a boat ride through the hotel. It's crazy. It is. So, it's great. So, um, and there's so much more to Nashville than that, but it's, it's amazing. But, but so, so you grew up in Sweetwater, Tennessee and, um, and what was life like for you growing up in Sweetwater, Tennessee? Is it like a <laughs> is it is it like a, a an Alan Jackson song? <laughs> yes, yes, she's gone country by Alan Jackson was my upbringing. Um, yes, very much so. You know, I was I was Sweetwater's a tiny little town. There are lots of tobacco farmers. There are lots of dairy farmers. Uh, I my my father worked at uh, one of the manufacturing plants there. He was uh, the vice president. Later went on to buy the company. So I, I watched some entrepreneurship blood run through our family, but. Uh, you know, Sweetwater is just like you would expect. Everybody knew everybody. My husband was my high school sweetheart. We grew up three houses apart. Everybody wow. knew everybody, a tiny little town. And I wow. loved Sweetwater. I still do. I, I used to say to my parents, how am I ever going to make it in this <laughs> tiny little town? There's this great big world out there, and I'm in Sweetwater. I loved it, but I also felt very restricted right how yeah. was i how was i gonna gonna change the world and and be on the cover of magazines because that's what i wanted to do right. uh, so it, it but it was great I, I sweetwater is uh is home it will always be home the people there are just amazing wow <clears throat> your energy is ridiculous by the way so <laughs> so like like i just want to bottle some of that so um <clears throat> You know, they do make decaffeinated brands with just as much flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but where's the fun in that? I'm just teasing. That's a line out of a movie or something. I, I love that line. But but so so you grew up in, in this small town, Tennessee, and, and you, you went, I assume that's where you went to elementary and high school and all that. Did you go yeah. to college? Yeah, I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Um, I think that that was probably predetermined from the day I was born. I remember <laughs> right. one time I came in, 
I was I was probably in junior high and I'd spent the night with one of my one of my friends and I had on um, Alabama University of Alabama boxer shorts. <laughs> I had worn home from her house in a t-shirt. And when I walked in my house, my dad said, "Hey, honey, if you want to stay in this house." Go change those shorts and do not wear them in my presence again. So <laughs> University of Tennessee was my only option, a fourth-generation University of Tennessee grad. Wow. And what was your degree in? Psychology. Psychology. Well, that yeah. works perfectly in what you do, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Isn't that just sort of serendipitous how it all worked out? And yeah. I, I wish I told you I, I had, knew all that I was doing was going to one step after the other, but I had no clue. <laughs> Were, 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 I mean, when you when you majored in psychology, did you like think I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm I'm gonna like be a psychologist? Yeah, someday? I did. I thought I would get a master's in marriage and family therapy, and then okay. probably a PhD in psychology and be a doctor. Okay. Um, I, I I wanted to help people with their problems. I wanted to help. I mean, this sounds cheesy, but I wanted to help people live better lives. Again, it sounds cheesy, but no. I was 18. Uh, at, you know, the problem was uh, multi-level, multi, multi-faceted. Number one, I'm a terrible test taker. So the GRE and I did not cooperate well. And I, at that point in my life, I really hadn't learned the tools to separate my own emotional attachment to people's problems. So, you know, I, I had a class where it was called, I think it was called marriage and family, I think marriage and family counseling or something like that, where the teacher would give us this this family has X problem, you know, and, and yeah. how would you solve it? And it was a class. It wasn't even real. It was made up. And I would find myself thinking about it and staying up at night and tossing and turning and really internalizing those problems. And I was like, yeah, I can't do this for the rest of my life. When these children become real, when these parents become real, when these issues become real, I don't know how to separate myself from it. So I graduated with a psychology degree and, and nothing to do. <laughs> it was my parents' proudest moment. Oh, my gosh. So did you go back home at that that point? I how far? Did. And how I went far back is to get Sweet, Sweetwater? How how far is that from Knoxville? Forty five minutes. So so here you are. You and and I assume you lived near the campus or on campus. So so you 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 were independent for those four years out there doing your thing, and 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 then you moved back home to Sweetwater. Know that I mean, independence probably a stretch oh. if you want to know the truth about it. I mean, I, yes, I lived on campus, I lived or I lived near campus. But if you've ever seen Friends and you're familiar with Rachel's story, I was kind of that person. I mean, oh, I was God. very, I, I had my dad's credit card. I mean, I'm just being honest, I'm not saying it's my proudest moment either. Oh, but independent probably is a stretch, but I did make my own decisions, <laughs> I didn't fund my own decisions, but right. I made my own decisions. That's funny. So, so, so you. You um, end up back in Sweetwater, and there's a puppy in the... In the... This is our, our, our mascot. This is Prada, our, our mascot. Prada. Oh, I've seen pictures of Prada, yes. Yeah, she likes yes. your voice. She doesn't usually come over here at all, but she must like your voice. She wants to see you. Hi, Prada. So, so I love the name, too. Oh, my gosh. It's so fitting for you. Isn't so, it? Yeah. Well, yeah. She's like a designer dog. I, I mean, was I say Prada, bought, Gucci, something, right? Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, I didn't know dogs could cost this much. And now I'm in love with her. So I'm like, well, she's a designer dog. We got to have a designer name. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. So so you end up back. You're back in Sweetwater and, and living with your parents, I assume. 
Yeah. Um, and and did you get a job anywhere? Like doing doing? I'm I'm assuming you got something, right? I did get a job. So um, you know, I was I was I was really fortunate. I have great parents, and they were very loving, very supportive. My dad's a little bit like a stereotypical military uh, general. I mean, he he expects. Uh, he expects us to be good citizens. He expects us to make great grades. He expects us to do our part, but they're also very loving and very supportive. So I came back home and I got a job in a bank. So throughout high school and college, I had worked as a bank teller. It was really important to my parents that I have a job, that I learned the value of money. And so I had been a bank teller and I had a really unique opportunity, Ken. There was a, a, a small town community bank opening up and a lot of the big players from banks in Sweetwater had come together to form this small town community bank. And so I I got a job with them. I started six months before the doors open and I went out and I had lunch with potential, sold the bank. I had lunch with potential customers. I talked about all the reasons to come to a small town community bank. And then when we opened, I was, uh, you know, part of the customer service team. I worked the teller line some. I kind of did everything. It was small startup, so we wore a lot of hats. It was fantastic experience for me. Wow. Okay. So, so here you are now working at a bank using yeah. using your psychology degree. <laughs> And sales skills too. I mean, yeah. I, you know, going out, and taking people to to lunch and talking. I, I, my whole fam- my family's from the community, so we knew everybody. Yeah. So taking people to lunch and talking about the differences between a community bank versus a, a big, you know, bank that's going to charge you all kinds of fees and right. uh, that sort of thing. So, so really, as you know, when you when you start a bank, we got to get capital in quickly, right? We yeah. need deposits, 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 and yeah. so it was getting big business in the area to move their money over to our new bank. Wow. So, so, and you're 22, three at yeah. this, this point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, right out, right out the gates, you're like just shaking and moving, just going. Well, I, you know, yes, but I was in an area where I felt completely comfortable. Sweetwater was all I had known. Yeah. I had grown up with these people's kids. They had grown up with me. Yeah. I mean, it, it was very, you know, it, it, it's not like going to New York City and asking total strangers to lunch and selling them on a bank. I knew these people. Right. They knew me. So, yes, I was, but I was also felt really safe and really comfortable to be myself. Yeah. So, so what happened after the bank? What, 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 uh, yeah. Cause, cause so at some point you got into like full blown sales. Yeah. So like I worked sales. at the bank for about a year and Sweetwater, um, you know, it was finally time for me to sort of to spread my wings and become my own person, pay my own bills. And I mean, I guess I was doing that at that point, but I was still living under my parents' roof. And so I took a job in Atlanta oh, with wow. Wells Fargo and that was telephone sales. I mean, it was telemarketing at its finest. I sold credit cards. I upsold people into mortgages. Um, it was telemarketing. I knew wow. at this point I wanted to transition into pharmaceutical sales. Like I, I realized I'm good at this selling thing. I'm good at relationships. Pharmaceutical sales was sort of the end game, but I needed some legitimate sales experience. And so it started with telemarketing. We started at the bottom and worked our way up. Wow. So so you so you got. So you were at Wells Fargo, but then you ended up in pharmaceutical. Went from well, worked at Wells Fargo for a year, got some 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 telemarketing experience, and then transitioned to Georgia Pacific, and I sold lumber for five or six years. Uh, and that is 
as hilarious as you might think it is, it, it would be. It's like right. me and Valentino. She was in a hard hat walking lumber yards. Right. As I look back on it, that time in my life is probably some of which I am the most thankful. I got true sales expertise there. Yeah. I learned from some of the best in the business. I learned, you know, some of those things that Zig Ziglar talks about, like the, the, the core and the relationships and consistency and, and that's where I really saw that if I can sell lumber, because I mean, you know, lumber is not my thing. I can sell anything. Right. I, I can find a way to sell anything. And then from lumber, transitioned into pharma sales. Wow. <clears throat> and you did that for how long? About 10 years. Wow. The pharma or the lumber? Yeah. Okay. Pharma. Why and that and I I know some people that have been in that. There there's big bucks for the sales reps in that. I mean, big there bucks. is there is. Like, it's it's a, you know it's a it it gets it can get a bad rap in the media. Um, but at yeah. its core, it's it's about education. Right. You know, you want your physician to be educated about the products that they're going to tell you to put in your body. Right. So and there is big money in it. There's big money. It's highly competitive. When you get with big money, it's always competitive. Yep. And so I learned a lot there too. Went to two corporate sales schools as a result of, of training. You know, GlaxoSmithKline and Eli Lilly put me through sales school there and learned a ton about selling. So, you know, and, and you know, I know you, I, I mean, we're new friends kind of through Lisa Copeland, right? Absolutely. Um, but I'm, I've, I've seen you in action and I truly think you could sell anything. And, and, and I, I actually, and I didn't know this about you until I was, I was looking, looking for something. I forget why, but I was looking for something and I came across a video. Maybe it was on your website or something, but, um, came across a video I'm of scared. you on, huh? I'm scared. No, it was a, it's a video of you on the Steve Harvey show. Yeah. 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 Holy what crap. that, that probably is my favorite memory of my life second to having my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Sorry, husband. husband. The You're husband, not the top wedding day, two. None of that. Just nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Having Hallianna and then being on Steve Harvey. It goes in that order. <laughs> Sorry, oh my Blake. God. So talk about that a little bit. How, what was that like? I mean, I, I love Steve Harvey. I think he's freaking hilarious. He is hilarious. You know, it's it's one of those moments, Ken, that it really I look back on and I think when I die, like if I lose my mind and, and before I die, if I lose my mind, I don't think I'll ever forget that memory. It was it was one of those things that was just perfect. My daughter was eight at the time, maybe seven. She had an opportunity to like we pulled her out of school and I said, I want you to see what's possible. I want you to see that, you know mommy can get on TV and you can too, because she's got all these huge dreams Yeah. and, and, and you, you, you go in and you go through security and you have your own green room. It's, it's kind of funny and it's got to be your name on the green room and everybody's waiting on your hand and foot and you got all this food and I brought everybody. Like I talked to the producer and I said, can I bring some people? And they're like, sure. I brought my mama. I brought my 80 plus year old aunt. I brought my husband, my assistant. I mean, like I had an entourage. Oh my God. And it was so funny because security was like, are all these people with you? And I was like, uh-huh. I'm from Tennessee and I may never get on TV again. So I brought the posse. And I mean, like everybody was just laughing. We had the best time. Oh, that's so funny. But then that moment when you, when you walk out and you sit down and, and it's like, 
it's it's just it's surreal because I always wanted to be on television. That was my dream. And then when it's over, we 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 leave and we get in the car and the car takes us to the to the to the hotel and and you feel like such a celebrity and then it's over. It's back to reality and you're like, <laughs> oh great, all this is gone. And Hallianna was like, hey mommy, I met Nancy Grace <laughs> because Nancy Grace was on that day with me and I was like. Well, did you think it was cool that mommy was on TV? I don't know, but I met Nancy Grace. <laughs> I was like, well, just shock me right back to reality. Oh I didn't know who Nancy Grace was, but anyway, it's You're great. like, all right, let's fire up the Pinto and get out of here. Exactly. You go from like, you know, living a dream to, well, crap, somebody's got to get dinner for all these people I brought with me. That is so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I, you know, and you go through those things in life, right, where you you hit these these huge goals or plateaus and and then you come down. It's like you get a, a an emotional hangover. You do. <laughs> right? You do. Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. So, but, yeah, it, it was a great experience. I'm sure it was. I, and, and you were great on the interview, too. Thank you. It was, Thank it's you. funny. Y'all need to look it up. It's, it's hilarious. Look, I, I lived in West Virginia for five years, and I picked up a southern draw when I was down there. And now you're like, you're, you're fixing to bring it back out of me. <laughs> I know. I, I, I do that. I do that. The day we were on Steve Harvey, Nancy Grace was there. She's got a really thick southern accent. And I said to Steve Harvey, your your audience is going to need a translator. And he was like, girl, I'm from the south. I'm from Mississippi. I was like, well, then it must be southern day. So I have right. a tendency to bring that out in people. Oh, that's so awesome. So so you you got so you got you've spent most of your your life as an adult in a, in some sort of a selling capacity. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, you have, um, sales school, which is unbelievable. And, and it really is, you, you're just a, like, I was, I was watching you earlier this morning on your, your, the video you did in, in study hall. <laughs> right. And for those of you yep. who are not a member of study hall, you have to wait until next year. <laughs> You do. <laughs> I know. Like she like you like you do this and and just for the record, like nobody does that. Like you're it. I, I don't know anybody else that does that. You are you're you're you go just tell people what it's about. I, I'm not even gonna try to give it I, I won't do it any justice. Tell people what, what sales school's about. Well, so, so when, let, let me give you a little bit of the why behind it. So when Hallianna was born, I was still a pharmaceutical rep and um, but to be quite honest, I have attachment issues like most new time parents, but it was hard. I mean, it, that, that sounds stupid, but it was, it, it was gut wrenching when I left her, I would cry. I would say, how do I maintain life balance? And so very quickly, it became obvious to me that we needed a change for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted this girl to believe she could do anything she wanted in her life. And she was going to say, mommy, did you, you've heard me say this before, Kim, but did you want to sell drugs for a living? The legal kind. And no, <laughs> right. I didn't. That's not my dream. Right. But if mommy can't follow her own dream, then how can my daughter be expected to believe that she can? And so that set me on a path to, to, to find more. And so essentially through a lot of wrong turns, I created this business from my house, this business that allows us to, help a lot of people make a lot of money, more money than I ever dreamed possible and, and still pick her up from school and still be here when she's sick. She was sick yesterday. I was home with her. I worked, but I was home. 
And so that's sort of the why behind leaving pharmaceutical sales and creating this authentic selling platform. Sales school is a is a result of that. So sales school is an online learning experience. It's seven weeks long where I teach you what you need to do in order to do the same thing. I teach you how to create a website that sells everything from your homepage to your about me page to your sales page. We write it. I teach you how to have sales conversations, how to follow up, what to do with your social media. The whole, I teach you everything that I know to do that's allowed us to create this unbelievable business so that you can be in control of your future. We launch it once a year. So this is what you were referring to. We launch it once a year. And that is because there are lots of online learning opportunities and, 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 and that you can learn something from all of them. But it was very important for me that when you come through sales school, you feel as if you are getting the attention you need to succeed. This yep. is your dream, right? Yep. It's not enough just for me to put out a course and say, go implement it. No, I want to be there. I want to answer your questions. So we do it once a year because, quite frankly, it's exhausting <laughs> to be that on all the time. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. You did a and, – and when you were doing the launch and, and I mean, my God, you know how to do a launch and, and like you do. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I had you on the last day of the launch. Yeah. You, we, yeah, we did a live great. stream together. It was awesome. Um, but, like, you know, you push so freaking hard. You did a 24-hour mm-hmm. Straight, 24 hours straight, y'all. Like she, she went live. You went live like every hour on the hour for 24 hours. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Remember I said my dad's a little bit like a military general. He expects <laughs> yeah. a lot out of us. My brother, this is true. This is not me talking negative about myself. My brother's a lot smarter than I am. Straight A student, didn't have to try. I had to work my tail off to be able to bring in the grades my dad expected. So I, you, you may be smarter than me, but you're not going to outwork me. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if we're going to launch it once a year, I got to be all in. I got to be all in. <laughs> I love it. Challenge accepted because I work pretty dang hard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't, Actually, I, you and I know some people that might outwork me. I don't uh, know. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm going to give it everything I've got. Right. No, I get it. And 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 that's my motto is like, is. I've never had an employee outwork me ever. Not once, ever. In 30 years of owning companies. And I never will. <laughs> and it's not that I'm trying to find people that want to be lazy. I just like, I, I'm like that. I'm like, I'm going all in. But that's the way it should be. You know, if you're running a company yeah. and it's and, 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 and you have people reporting to you and people that, that are looking up to you, you need to be the one yeah. who's, who's, who's working the hardest, who's setting the example, who's setting the tone. Yeah. If, if you're not willing to do it, why would, you know, this is a classic sales line, but I'm never going to ask you to do anything that I'm unwilling to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that, you know, look, along your way, I know that it's 100% impossible for you to be the public figure that you are and you're putting yourself out there. It would be impossible for you to be able to say, well, nobody's ever reached out to me for help because they were stuck. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's the majority, right? So so what do you what do you feel and it doesn't have to just be somebody in sales. I'm sure you know plenty of people that, you know, are receptionists or whatever that get stuck. What do you think the common theme is 
there the common thing is that keeps people stuck in life. Yeah. I think it's, uh, and, and I don't love this word, but I think it's their mindset or their beliefs. So, you know, I love the name Breakthrough Walls because I believe that as we grow up, we, you know, if you think about a baby, a newborn baby, yeah. they cry when they're tired, they cry when they're hungry, they cry, I mean, they're right, they have no problem expressing their essential selves, what they need. They, they, but we learn really early on, we are conditioned not to do those things. Not, you know, I'm not, when I don't get my way, I don't lay down on the floor and pitch a fit like a newborn baby would, at least not too often. And so we, we learn to sort of silence those essential self qualities. We replace that with the social self, how we're supposed to behave, what we're supposed to do. And, and that's part of living and breathing in a society. However, as we do that, we also learn to silence and, and, and to build walls around our true wants, our true desires, how we need to show up in order to live this amazing life. Well, it would be irresponsible for you to quit your job, Kendrick, because you make a lot of money and you're a mom. And, 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 and I could sell myself on that belief. And so I believe that it's our mindset. It's the things that we believe, the things that we've been conditioned to believe, our fear of failure. If, if you don't get your mindset, hate that word, got to find a new word for it. If you don't get your mindset <laughs> right, it doesn't matter how good you are at selling. It doesn't matter how good you are at answering the phone. You're, you have got to be sold on yourself before you can sell anything else, before you can create anything else. And that's hard. We're our own worst critic. Well, what are I, I, so so? What are some of the things that you um, try to get people to do? Because I, I thousand percent, one thousand percent agree with you. I, I wrote a book, and and you and I talked about that. But I wrote a book I, like for thirty years. Thirty years, people said you need to write a book. <laughs> and and I, I my it was like all up here. No, God, what what if people judge me? I don't even know why I didn't write it. Exactly. When yeah. I made the decision, I'm writing a damn book. I wrote the book. Exactly. And it was yeah. done like 7 days later. So yeah. so like like you know, what are some of the things you are pushing people to do to have that breakthrough? And and again, it maybe it is sales, right? Because I think everybody on this planet's in sales. If you're married, if you communicate oh. in any way with any other human being, you're in sales without a doubt, <laughs> right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. You know, um, I, so it's 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 an interesting question. I went through Martha Beck. She's a life coach. She has three Harvard degrees. I went through Martha Beck Life Coaching School. And what I learned there changed my life. You can get her books, uh, Follow Your Own North Star, Steering by Starlight. Those are two of, two of, two of the best, I feel like. Uh, you can, and I learned how to navigate my own mind, my own limiting beliefs. But I am not a good life coach. So the, the answer to your question is, I don't. When people come to me, they've usually navigated some of those things on their own mm. because life coaching is all about you 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 lead your you lead people to the answer i i don't want you to figure it out i want to say absolutely not go write the freaking book right. like you're scared ken well that doesn't help you if i berate you right <laughs> so i think that it's sure people come with fears of selling and we work through that but as far as the fear to take the first action or the i'm not good at helping you with that it's not my zone of genius i think there are other people out there that are better at that than me what about the people, though, that are, are I mean, you you own a company that does sales training, right? Mm-hmm. And and I know you're good. 
but but the people that are I, I can remember when I first got into selling um, I was doing business to business and mm -hmm. I was so damn excited about it I just went out and and blah like I just did right and I did yeah. okay I did pretty good at it but then I hit that that lull where where everything dipped and I went from making $2,000 a week to making minus 500 a week yeah and, and and I was like OMG and I'm only like 20 years old 22 years old something like that and and I I couldn't get the car door open <laughs> like there yeah. were no cell phones they didn't exist there were no, there was no internet, there were none of that. I couldn't open the car door to get, walk into that business. I was frozen, paralyzed in that fear. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did Absolutely. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I used to pull into doctor's offices sometimes and would cry and turn around and pull back out. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. Yeah, or drive around the block like 1200 I'd sit there and think, I really need to go see Dr. Crab today, but I can't go in today. So I'm going to go to O'Charlie's and eat some bread. Right. That's real helpful. You're right? like, well, look at that. It's already... 4:30. He's he's probably packing he's up for the, for the day. I'll do, yeah. I'll do it tomorrow, right? Exactly. So how, how do you get people past that? Like, how do you encourage them? Like, because that's part of the process, right? It is, and and you know, I think that good old guilt <laughs> is one of the ways. So it is it is my belief that if you look at selling, selling is the exchange of money for a product or service, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that that's what it is at its core. But but I believe it with my whole heart that selling is helping. Yeah. So despite you being stuck in fear, despite me sitting in the doctor's office crying because I, you know, I had my worst quarter ever and now everybody hates me. And I mean, I could go into the story and the story and the story there. What I what I was able to do was somewhere somebody's going to walk into this office in the next week. And they're going to need my product or service. They're going to have, but this would be my product. They're going to, you know, they're going to have a, 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 a broken vertebrae in their back and they're going to be at risk of breaking their hip and missing a chance to play uh, with their grandkids and missing a chance to whatever. And so it's really seeing beyond this is just a sales call. It's what the, is the sales call meant to do? If you believe in your product or service and you, and, and in this case, it would have been a product, then it's almost irresponsible not to go in. Yeah. It's almost irresponsible to buy into your own fear. It's kind of selfish to say, well, I'm afraid. I'm a mess. They chewed me out when I came in last time, which happens a lot in pharma sales. No, you can't come back. No, we don't <laughs> see reps. Are you kidding me? You know, uh, it, it's easy to tuck tail and run and never go back. Yeah. But if, if, if you think about their patients who need this product, it could be the answer for them. Yeah. Then it is selfish of you not to suck it up and go in. That's what I think. I love that answer. It's you're you're one thousand percent right. So so <clears throat> I think can I put one other thing to that too? Let me say one other thing about yeah. that also. I also think that forget other people for a minute. It's also selfish of you not to go in. Yes. Like if you're sitting in your car crying, to use my example, right? So so I'm sitting there crying because I'm afraid because I whatever, do I want to continue to feel like this? Or do I want to take action to get out of this funk that I'm in? It's like people who start their own business all the time and they're afraid to put themselves out there. Yeah. Okay, well, look, you got two options. You can hide behind your computer and be broke and have to go back to corporate America, which is fine. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But don't tell me you want this life and this business if you can't put yourself out there. It's a choice every day. It's a choice for me to get up, put on makeup and be this person. It's a choice. I love I love vegging out and watching Netflix. You have a choice. <laughs> and if you choose not to go in day after day or to hide day after day after day, then you are choosing it, then, then you're robbing yourself of what what could be of opportunity. So you're robbing patients in the drug example. You're robbing yourself and you're robbing your family. Wow. Could you say that a little more passionately? <laughs> probably. <laughs> if so, you really pushed, I probably could. I, I, but I no, I, and and I I totally agree. It's such a selfish thing that we do. And I've been there. I'm not judging anybody because, oh. and I know you're not, right? Yeah, I've been there too. Right. I mean, like I will say to my colleagues all the time, rant, rant, rant. I just need to get over myself. Like, I just need to get over my, like, I know, and I'm still in this funk. Like, I think that, and, and we're going to be in funks, right? Right. Yep. It is the ability to get up out of the funk. Yep. Some days you may need to lay on the couch and watch Netflix. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. It is the ability not to stay there that is the differentiator. Uh, uh, amen. Amen. Keep preaching. I love it. Like, you are, you're just, you're on fire. So, so the, 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 the people that, and and I, it doesn't sound like you've ever been in this place. I have. I'm a recovered alcoholic of 16 years sober, and I, I, I made some really, really, really bad choices when I was not a recovered alcoholic. <laughs> so, so I, I, you know, like, you know, the, the, um, the electric, I've had my electric shut off. I've had the gas turned off. I've been evicted. I've had a car repossessed. I've, you know, I've been through, I had, a, I, I, I had in my business, I had employees in the office and one guy comes in one day and he says, Hey, uh, there, there, there's some, some guy in a tow truck looking in the windows of your, 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 your SUV. And I said, well, tell him, get the hell out of there. <laughs> what? He's like, I, I, I think, I think he's getting ready to take it. I go, what? And I go out there. I go, what are you doing? He's like, I was sent by the bank. And I'm oh like, my oh my god. So talk about an embarrassing moment in front of your employees. But you know, they all got paid. I just, you know. But anyway, so have you ever been in that place where it's like, oh my god, I can't figure this freaking out, and 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 I can't feed my family, or I can't pay the bills, I can't. Like, have you ever been that broke, that busted? Yeah. I, so not as not not to the extent that you described, but I have been a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Uh, when I started this business, I I you know I'm uh, all in. Like yeah. the, you're all or nothing with me. That's pretty obvious. And yeah. I was all in, and I knew that. I was aware that I, I had the skills to sell, but selling pharmaceuticals, selling lumber is different than starting a business. <laughs> I, I knew how to sell, but then there are all these other skills I knew nothing about that the companies had just taken care of for me. And so I got a $100,000 business education. I took every course. I read every book. I built multiple websites. I made a lot of bad choices. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, for me, thankfully, there were credit cards and I put stuff on credit cards and I cashed in some 401k and I made lots of dumb decisions, decisions that my husband still to this day cringes over. Right. What I would say is that's probably the lowest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. You know, knowing that I believed in myself and that if I was willing to bet on someone, I was going to bet on myself. But I had bet on myself. Yeah. Right. With everything we had. 
And it was now or never. I mean, I could not like we couldn't I couldn't continue to feed this hobby and this idea and this dream. It had to make it. And um, I, I can I don't know why it was the bathroom floor for me. It was always the bathroom floor. I would put everybody to bed and I'd go cry on the bathroom floor. Um, and I, I there were times when I thought I've made the worst decision of my life. I remember my husband said one time, um, Howard Stern talks about you can't have a backup plan. You got to go all in. You can't have a backup plan. And I always had a backup plan. I always knew I could go back to pharma. I was a top performing sales rep. And so I, I think that that maybe uh, was was not the best thing for me. Yeah. Uh, however, I was so broke that I started interviewing for pharmaceutical sales jobs again. This was eight years ago, I guess. Let's see, maybe seven. Started interviewing for pharmaceutical sales job. Got an offer like that. Was really fortunate. And the craziest thing happened, Ken. The the guy called and said, uh, "We just went on a hiring freeze. Like, uh, I hire you in six months, but I can't hire you today." Oh wow! And my business took off two weeks later. Isn't that so the when he way? called me in six months, I said, "No, thank you so much, but actually, I've started my own thing." Wow! See, that's what I'm talking about. So just when you're ready to give up, it's like three feet from gold, right? Like just when you're ready to give up, like, and, and for anybody that doesn't know the three feet from gold story, like it's right. Like the dude gave up three feet from gold digging in this mine, sold it to somebody for a penny and, and the dude found the vein of gold and made millions so like that's what it's about, right? Like not giving up. And I, I've, you know, my wife and I have been through, um, you know, a lot. I, we've been through a lot in our business. And and I know this. I'm 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 I I don't know if I'm absolutely just out of my mind, insane sometimes. Like or you know, but I always see when we we hit those those lower spots, right? I always know, I intuitively know, even though it's painful and it sucks in the moment, I know that that's because we're getting ready to launch into something even yep. bigger. And it's yep. always been like that. It's always been. We lost a house. We lost yep. a house in the in building a business, right? And yep. and it's and it's like, "Oh my gosh, like how in the world does anybody hang on? You're out of your mind." Yeah, right. and I think that one of the, my mic's doing something funny. Is it still working? I hear you. Yeah. Okay, I think that one of the things in that moment where I started interviewing for for jobs, I I wasn't giving up. So I wanted to give up, yeah. but I knew that I would work at three in the morning. I would go to a pharmaceutical sales job, and I was not giving up. I, you yeah. know, this would this would this would. I was desperate for money. I, I do believe desperate energy for money can attract some desperate energy. And so I knew that I needed to, to plug that hole and get some income coming in for my husband, for my daughter. Yeah. And then I would work on the weekends. I would work at three in the morning. I would figure out how to make this business work. Right. It just so happened that uh, the hiring freeze was probably my best friend. Because, again, two weeks later, I had 200 people show up for a free call. Uh, three months later, I had my first $10,000 month ever in my whole life. That's awesome. Wow. That's incredible. So, so you worked through it and, and I know now, um, 
without disclosing any numbers, I know you're crushing it now. You're crushing it. And, and that's, that's, that's incredible. Like, <laughs> that's incredible. You've been on, I, I didn't even know this. I mean, I know we're both friends with Grant Cardone, but I didn't know you've been on, on his show, Ask a Pro. That's incredible. Yeah. Grant is, I, I, you know, Grant's one of those people that I, like Bob, like our friend Bob Berg, uh, yeah. you know Bob better than I do, but I, I, I learned Bob. from before I ever started my own business. I mean, right. I, Grant's books were some of the first sales books I ever read. Seller Be Sold, right behind yeah. you. It's my yeah. favorite sales book ever written. Yeah. And, um, I was, it's funny because uh, I was a, a hot mess when I went to Cardone headquarters. I was nervous. I was intimidated. I, uh, I don't do those things. I don't, I don't do nervous very well. I don't yeah. intimidate often, but I was a nervous wreck. So, it's a, uh, but what a, what an amazing full circle experience to be sitting across from someone who I have respected and learned so much from yeah. and to be there talking to him. It was amazing. And I intend to go back and blow his mind the next time and not be nervous. Right. So you tell somebody, Grant, I know you got his cell phone number. You tell <laughs> your buddy Grant, I'm coming for you. <laughs> he might even see this. We, we, who knows? But, but, um, you know, like, <clears throat> What do you think, like if somebody came to you right now and said, I, I don't know, I'm stuck. I, I don't know what to do. My electric's getting shut off tomorrow. My car got repoed in front of my employees last week. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had to throw that in. Um, but, you know, like what are you going to say to that person that that maybe owns a business and, and they're just, just, they can't get through it. They don't know what to do. Yeah. So, well, the first thing I think that we really should acknowledge here is I appreciate the level of honesty that you bring to this conversation. There are a lot of people who who uh, are not willing to talk about that, who are not willing to share their experiences and what they've been through. And that's a very real part of this. So yeah. I appreciate the, the level of honesty and transparency you have with your audience. It's one of the reasons that I, I fell in love with you, you know, recently we just met and I'm like, yeah. I love this man because he's so open. He's so honest. He's so real. And we need more of that. We need more authenticity. I, the yeah, next thing I, I would say is, uh, you know, let's, I need an accurate picture of where you are. Right. How did we get here? What, how do we triage? So it would be just like an, if, 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 if somebody was God forbid in a car wreck and they went into the, to the emergency room, we need to triage. Where can we stop the bleeding first? So what, where do we have low hang? We need to make money, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we need, I need an accurate picture of it, of all the financials of what's going on. And then where do we triage? Where do we have low hanging fruit where we can make money immediately? Great. Here's the plan. Let's go execute. Where do we need to make some phone calls and say to the bank, whatever we need to say, like, you know, let's use some negotiation tactics to rejig the loan or whatever we need to do. I mean, it sort of depends on, you know, how bad it is. It, food and shelter are the most prevalent. I would yeah. Imagine. Right. So, so what do we need to do there? Right. So I, I think that, you know, Sometimes when you're in situation, for me anyway, I want to run from the reality when it feels like the walls are closing down around me. I'd rather not look at the financials. I'd rather not know that how bad it is that the electrics do tomorrow. I just know that it's due sometime, right? <laughs> right. So, but just sitting down and having a plan and saying, this is what we have to do. Then that allows us to make a counter plan to say, this is how we target every one of these. And maybe there are some uncomfortable things you have to do. Maybe we let go of some employees. Maybe we whatever. But at the end of the day, having a, having a plan to, to bring some money in to have some, you know, maybe you go get a job. You know, right. I mean, it could be like, I, like me. Like I said, okay, great. The only way I know to bring in money is 
<laughs> well, th- there's some inappropriate ones that are not going to work. And then I can go get a pharma job. So I'm going to go get a pharma job. So I think. It oh, my God. Right. So, I mean, there, there's uh, and, and that's one of the things, you know, I don't um, I do a little bit of coaching, <clears throat> not a lot. And and it's it's because it's it's uh, it's what you talked about. You know, you're taking on other people's emotions and and yep. it's very, very um, difficult to disconnect from those. And so, it is. you know, at first, some people have already asked how in the world they can follow you. They want to know how do they like this is going out on binge networks TV. So later on, you'll be exposed to 5 million more people. So like how like all of those people, they don't even know me. They don't know you. But how how do they follow you? So you can find me on Facebook, Kendrick You can find or Kendrick Shope. You can find me at Kendrick You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. You Google the word Kendrick Shope and <laughs> you're going to find the redhead. Let me tell you. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're you're everywhere. So so Kendrick, I you know, I, I don't I, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of other questions. I'd really like to open it up to you to. To, you know, because I know that, look, you've been doing this for a while, the sales school thing, right? And you yeah. do it so intense. I'm in there. It's in, You're intense. Like, you're involved. You're very mm-hmm. active. You take questions from students. You, you're just really, really active. And I want to know what what are some of the big things that, that you're teaching people? Because, again, authentic selling is, I, I, I love it. That's the way I sell. Like I build relationships with people first. I, I, I try to, you know, Grant talks about give, give, give. I try to give, give, give. And, and then I know that eventually if I stay in it long enough, people are going to need me and, and they'll reach out and, and, and then it just becomes a natural transaction, right? So, yeah. so what are some of the things that you're teaching people and, and, you know, just in kind of parting words, what are some of the things that you want people to know to become better at selling and getting more business? What do you think people need to know more of? Well, I think that selling is divided into stages. So I think there's prospecting and engagement, which is give, give, give. Right. Yep. You know, if it's if you're selling online, you need a freebie. You need an opt in that people can can. We've all done this, you know, uh, learn seven tips to double your sales in six months or less. Give me your name and email address. I'm going to send it to you. You need that without a customer list. Your business is broke. That's how you get your customer list. But so there's prospecting and engaging. There's uh, solving the problem and overcoming objections and presenting the solutions. That's sort of the next bucket of selling. And you need to know how to do that through sales pages, through tools for overcoming objections. And then uh, if you're not selling on social media, you are missing the boat. There is social media is here to stay. So the first thing I would say is if you've got an active business and you don't have a social media presence or aren't using it strategically, figure out how statistics show that people who have a social media presence sell 70% more than people who don't. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a game changer for your business. But I I think that it all starts with give grants, right? It all starts with give. And, and what we teach you in sales school are really strategic ways to give, right? Because listen, give, give, give doesn't mean be a doormat 
and give <laughs> everything away for free so you can't make money. There are strategic ways to give that can wow your customers like a 24-hour coaching marathon and still allow you to sell a lot of product. Right. Still allow you to sell a lot of stuff. And so we teach you ways to do that. Uh, the, the thing that I think that is the most important to anybody watching is there are two things. Number one is you have to sell it. I don't care who you learn from. You have to sell it. If you're in a business and you have a product or a service, if you can't sell it, your business is broke, close the doors. Period. <laughs> right. Or you're in a charity. And even in a charity, you're selling. You have to sell it. You can't run from it anymore. That doesn't mean it has to be icky, sleazy, slimy, pushy, or a sales bully. Anybody can sell. It's like anybody can cook. Anybody can sell. The other thing is, you know, which is the overarching message, I'm a, I'm, I'm somebody from Sweetwater, Tennessee. I think we have less than five, that or had less than 5,000 people in that little town when I grew up. Right. Uh, there are places where that still don't have the internet. There are dirt roads. If I can do this, Anybody can do this. Anybody, anywhere. There is no reason. The internet literally made it possible for us to create seven and eight figure businesses straight from our home. And that sounds like BS, but it's not. And if I can do it, you can do it. There's no reason not to if you want it. Go out there and get it. Figure it out. I love it. I, 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 I'm, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. Like you're, you're, you're 1,000% spot on. People need to know that it's possible. You've taken an idea, and and I, again, you can disclose your own numbers, but I know that your idea has turned into a big idea. You have thousands of people that are that are in this with you, and it's yeah. in, it's insane. And yeah, and, I think our free training went to 87 to people in 87 countries this last year. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's so humbling. Uh, you know, to, 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 to use the word that you, you used when we started, I'm so blessed. I'm yeah. so blessed to be able to do this. Yeah. You, you, it's, it's amazing. And I, I love it. I love what you're doing. You are helping so many people around the world. And I know. I'm just going to go ahead and speak it into existence for you. You're going to be like, like you're going to have your own private jet soon. I'm sure <laughs> you're going to have, you're, <laughs> right. You're going to have that. You're going to fly up here to Ohio and say, come on, Ken, let's go. Let's all let get your family. Let's go. But like, no, I, I think you, you are, you're incredible. And you put out this amazing energy and it's all from an amazing place in your heart. And, and that, that to me is what's most important. So Kendrick, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being on the show today. I genuinely appreciate it. I really do. Ken, you're going to make me cry. I do. What? I don't know how many interviews I'm a not, week, and I've got tears in my eyes. Thank you so much. I'm thank not, you so much. I'm not trying to make you cry. You're awesome. I know. But I, I, I just love your energy. You're just, you, 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 I see it. You're helping people, and I love it. So keep you. doing thank what you you're so doing. Much. You rock. Everybody who's on Facebook, thank you for everyone who shared this out. If you didn't share it out, shame on you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> but shame on you, for real. But shame um, on you anyway. <laughs> no, thank you. Please share this out if you didn't. Kendrick, thank you so much. You guys have an awesome day, and we will see you tomorrow. Thanks so much.